Oh, I've seen some scripts I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome back to another episode of the In the Mouth of Darkness Chatcast. I'm your host, Brad Gullickson, the Mouth Dork, and joining me today is Billy Das, the Indie Dork. What's up, Billy? Not too much. I'm continuing to live my best life with this podcast. Man, I am happy to hear that. <laughs> I'm glad that In the Mouth of Darkness is not descending Billy into a pit of hell. He is here on the surface world with us. No, there's no despair. Baby, I love it. Yeah, yeah. no despair with Itmod. Billy is doing good. And he should be because today we are joined by filmmakers Bob Byington and Kaylee Wheelis of the film Francis Ferguson, which just screened at the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester as part of their film club. Uh, Itmod regular listeners may remember that we saw Infinity Baby, Mm -hmm. Bob's previous film, as part of the Lost Weekend Film Festival and made quite an impression with that entire crowd. Uh, Francis Ferguson, it's it's an interesting movie to uh, discuss without having seen a trailer or, like if you don't see the visuals to go mm-hmm. along with the plot, you might throw some judgment on what the film may be. If you head on over to IMDb, the only thing that site lists as the narrative of Francis Ferguson is a small town's reaction to scandal. I mean, that is definitely the most basic description of that movie. Right. But it's a lot more than that. It is a response to the news stories we've all seen about the teacher having an affair with one of their students, right? Yes. And in, in this case, the student is 17 and the teacher is 25, because I guess that's a thing I felt like was relevant in this sentence. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think you have to talk about that. Sure, that sure, definitely sure. contextualizes that changes the things. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that... Francis Ferguson is a comedy. It is. So that's a, that's a lot to deal with. And I'm so glad that we were able to talk with both Kaylee and Bob about the origins of this movie, how it came to be, and their philosophy behind capturing that tone. Sure. I, I think, you know, um, Bob's movies are... He's an interesting sort of filmmaker. He's got a voice. And the tone in which he approaches most of his subjects is either going to work for you or it's not. Um, And I think that was the theme, too, of our conversation with Ricky Bates about tone deaf. Um, I mean, that's really filmmakers who have a voice. A lot of filmmakers working in Indian film are pushing that. Um, This film is no exception. For sure. So let's just get right into the conversation. Uh, We spoke to both Bob and Kaylee over the phone. They were conferenced together. So that's the type of audio you'll be dealing with. Prepare yourself. It's fine. It sounds pretty good. Brad and I were in the same room, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, our audio is crisp. We've got these great microphones (laughs) that I love so much. Uh, So, okay. Enough uh, horsing around. Let's get into this conversation. Meet back on the other side. Yeah, but definitely meet us back on the other side. Yeah, yeah, because this is a this is this is a fascinating one. It is. It All is. right, let's get to it. And we are back. Uh, thank you so much, Bob and Kaylee, for joining us on the show today. We really, really appreciate it. We are excited to talk Francis Ferguson. So welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I think the first question that I'd like to jump right into is. 
you know, I agree very much that like, well, at least I think that there are no real rules uh, to the world. And that as we sort of choose our own adventures, we create kind of the rules and the structures around us that uh, help us make choices, but can also blind us to the mistakes that we're making. Um, And when something comes along that upsets that balance, we're suddenly forced to look at it in a very stark light and maybe reevaluate the way that we're making these choices. There's a bunch of ways to tell that story. Why do you guys choose to tell that story through the lens of a a teacher and her inappropriate relationship with a student? Well, I'll jump into that. And I know Kaylee will uh, articulate a more sophisticated version of what I say. (laughs) I am. The, the original impetus was, you know, Kaylee and I were sort of workshopping a character who was trapped in a relationship. And I was reading about the teachers in the New York post. And I, I came back one day and envisioned Kaylee as one of the teachers and, and the idea that she was kind of in a world where she was stuck or trapped um, and didn't really know what to do uh, was probably the impetus for the movie. And then we sort of wanted to look at her life and see if we could get her sort of unstuck. Kaylee, thoughts? I mean, I think that is basically what I would have said. I know you said in the past, too, that reading those stories, um, the multiple that came up in the New York Post about young teachers having affairs with high school-age students, that um, we were just curious why <laughs> why anybody, <laughs> why they would do that. You know, right, it just seemed right. like a strange choice. And I think that we were looking at that as exploring um, her rationale, which was, you know, in the end, trying to get out of that trap situation and not really necessarily about the kid at all. You know, we see that scenario a lot in the news and as um, non-participants, as viewers, as an audience to the, the news as entertainment, we obviously bring our own judgments to it. And I think like the big challenge of Francis Ferguson is, um, you know, clearly you're going to expect some sort of judgment on the character, but finding that empathy. So where do you begin to find that character and to understand that character in that situation? I might let Kaylee talk about that empathy. I know I empathize with Fran and she's built, you know, she's been built by people who empathize with her. Um, And the narrator is meant also to empathize with her. I mean, I think I, I mean, I judged her (laughs) definitely throughout it for making that decision. But again, it was kind of going back into the why, not necessarily ever like making that valid, like, oh, if that makes total sense, she went for him. It's not excusable or anything like that, but just kind of exploring maybe as you would with, you know, a family member who makes mistakes or choices that you can't okay or think are terrible, but you can kind of be like, well, why are they doing this? And look at them as the person that they are and try and go from there. (laughs) Um, Right. Well, yeah. And our bad choices make more sense to us than other people's bad choices, (laughs) you know? And Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a version of this film that is a very straight uh, drama and that is definitely not what you made here. And, uh, it, 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 and and that's like the delight of the film, right? Is 
the tone that you create around the movie. And a lot of that uh, comes through with the narrator and Nick Offerman's performance of the narrator. How did you land on telling this type of story uh, with the vibe that you have? Well, that's, yeah, the, again, just to jump in, that's kind of like trying to capture a world. And, you know, I've said this in other interviews, Kaylee's got a specific type of personality that I felt would work as, you know, a portrayal of somebody like this. And I, you know, I just wanted to make, I always just kind of want to make a funny movie. I don't have other (laughs) real aspirations, unfortunately. (laughs) And, um, so we just try to get this across and, and, um, and Kaylee would tell you that working with people like David Krumholtz, Keith Polson, uh, Mark Starr would then activate that side of her that, that, you know, would make for a, a you know, comedy type content, I think. <laughs> Kaylee, oh, yeah. do, do you, do you take that as a compliment if he said you had a personality that, that fit the role in the approach that you were going for in this movie? <laughs> I mean... I think so. I mean, I think the way that you've told it before was like, Kaylee looked exactly like these sex offenders, <laughs> which at that time I was like, oh, maybe that's not the best thing to hear. But I mean, I think Bob's films and style is is very funny and uh, his past films have definitely made me laugh. And, and obviously the performers that he works with repeatedly are amazing comedic actors. So um, I definitely take that as a compliment. Well, you held your own with those people, didn't you? Uh, jury's out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think uh, acting wise, you are definitely in a, a difficult position because you s- sort of play a very muted role through the course of the film, but you are forced to hold the, the screen the majority of the time as you're working with actors uh, or characters who get to be maybe a bit more dynamic in the choices that they're making. Did you find that <laughs> challenging? Sure. Um, yeah. And I definitely, I think I agonized over that privately or just wanting to, you know, portray enough of her and her honestly, but knowing that she was definitely very stripped down in a lot of ways. Um, but again, working with those other actors, they're really giving. And I, I never felt like they were they were so um, generous in scenes that it really felt like a collaboration. And even when I was being very muted or pulled back, um, they like really allowed rooms for me to either non-verbally or, you know, just in the scenes go off of what they were giving me. So it was. Well, a good, yeah. And a good example is that scene that we've shown a lot where Fran goes to group counseling, where she's being kind of assaulted by the young girl who's there and kind of attacking her. I mean, that's, it's weird to me because I don't think that scene works at all unless we have, I mean, it's a very funny scene with David Krumholtz and the girl from North Platte, Megan, they're great in it, but the scene doesn't work at all if you don't have Fran as the foil for the scene. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can have two sterling comedic actors doing great work, but the scene won't work at all unless you have, um, you know, someone to attack, I guess. And Jennifer, the mom, she, like she was amazing. And I feel like those scenes, you know, Fran kind of came in, came out a little bit. And with Keith. And also, um, so I think it was also just about picking the moments where, you know, and, and differentiating her between her relationships. Is there, (laughs) 
a moment in the creation process. And then I could, I, I could also apply this question to the performance process where the character really clicked uh, for either of you. Bob? Kaylee? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I think since we had been workshopping the character in, in that, um, Bob briefly mentioned the short where it was, she was in a kind of trapped claustrophobic relationship scenario. Um, I think spending all that time working on her, it was basically the same core character that we just transitioned to a different environment. So I think that us having worked on her, just her specifically for so long before um, the actual film and script and all of that came into being, that helped make it click. And I mean, Bob just had a very specific vision for her voice and we would kind of play around with that and either look at dialogue or um, practice reading it or talk, just talk through it and say like, what is this Fran? Is this not Fran? Or what is on the right tone and what's not? I think the first thing we shot was Fran at community service. And there was a guy sort of pestering her saying, Hey, you're that teacher. And the way that Kaylee would just like look at him (laughs) and say, like she had one line where she just looks at him and says, what? And, uh, it there was just something about that very like like just a few seconds of a scene that helped me kind of understand what we were going to do with her. Mm. I'm fascinated by the idea of what is Fran and what is not Fran. Uh, <laughs> when when do you know uh, the truth of that? I don't know. I'm kind of in a fugue state on set, <laughs> but. Um, Kaylee's told me that um, <laughs> that I do like a, a yes, no kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the yes, Fran, no Fran kind of thing. <laughs> which you want to be nice, too. I mean, I think that I'm nicer on set than other people seem to think, which is <laughs> kind of sad. And I, I, I think I'm being, like, generally encouraging to people. <laughs> um, but, but I have trouble. Like, I don't smile a lot. And I... Uh, I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about something else, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the movie while everyone else is, you know, it's, it's a very specific world for a director there. It's their job to deliver this material. So I think that, you know, when you are working together to create this character and this storyline, like as you transition to set time, you know, it's, it's no longer your responsibility to deliver the truth of that character. It's your responsibility to capture it and and capture the mission and so you it's almost it's almost like you break up with that level of responsibility nice yeah um, what do you like what do you see your role as as a director when you're on set like so when when you're saying that you're thinking about other things like what is your what what's your specific focus well like for example on this job i would have a very specific sense for how much of the scene we've gotten and i would actually call out percentages um and <laughs> I tended to think of the movie in terms of like when I'm on set and we're doing a scene, I'm like, okay, I have to get this scene and bring it back on a hard drive to the editor. Right. Mm. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm going to get the scene to bring it back to him on a drive. And so I'm like, well, yeah, we've got 30, 40, 50, 60, 70% of the scene. And, and, um, I think Kayla was kind of making fun of me for kind of calling it out. I don't know if it's helpful to people to do that or not. Um, is it, (laughs) Um, I think so. I also liked where I would say, like, how's it going and try and get a temperature check. And you'd just say, we're getting it. 
but it was it was <laughs> never there it was always we were never quite there we were always getting it but i think it is helpful because it can always be improved <laughs> right and you never say we're going one more time you always say going again because you might mm-hmm. think you might think you're gonna get it for sure on the next take and you're almost always wrong um but it's a you know it's a really good question you know what what am i doing because i'm also supposed to be trying to tell an overall story and i'm supposed to understand how the scene we're doing fits into the overall story and i i think i do a better job of knowing what isn't the story than knowing what is and um and i've heard other directors i like talk about it the same way where where they're like okay well that's i'm not sure what's in the film but i know what isn't in the film yeah What's pre-production like for you then? Like how do how do you how do you get ready to have have your bases in order so that you have maybe something to measure against so you know we're seventy five percent there or or we're getting it? Uh, that's a good question. Um, with North Platte, it had a lot to do with you know pre-production had a lot to do with the geography of the film, where we were going to be shooting, and why getting a school that we liked, getting courthouses and jails lined up, and then you know once we could get Kaylee in that environment and making sure that she was, I guess, comfortable is the wrong word, but, but, um, cause you know, the jail wasn't the greatest for that, but just <laughs> acclimated, acclimated. And then getting her, like we did a test day on day one at the prison and like Kaylee just like right away, she just looked like a character in a movie, like right away. And usually uh, it takes me one or two or even three days to start getting material that that um, I can use. But like our first camera test at the prison, I think, is in the movie. Whoa. And that was surprising. And and I think I, I did more harm than good with Kayla's performance. I mean, if she's if she's like already locked in on the first like test at the prison, then you really shouldn't talk to her at that point. Hmm. Right. Except to say things like, well, just say things like we're getting it, you know, otherwise just leave, her, <laughs> leave her alone, you know, it's like a pitcher. If, if a pitcher is pitching a no hitter, you don't talk to him. Right. And Kaylee, uh, from your point of view, like uh, in the process of, of finding that character, when, like, at what point are you confident that you are on Fran? Like, this is Fran, this is working. Like, uh, you know, Bob seems to feel like you were there that day. Um, was that your experience with that? Um, I think I, I don't think I ever really know. <laughs> I wish I could say I knew for sure. I mean, I think I, that first day, the prison is definitely, once you're in that environment, it's very real. <laughs> and we had been talking about her so much that I did feel like I knew, um, where she was at at that point in the movie. But beyond knowing whether or not she's Fran, I think just just trusting the work that we'd done and workshopping her beforehand. And, you know, we had done a lot of like, like, even if we'd improv, it'd be like, that's Fran, that's not. So I think we kind of created a little compass for that. And then also just, again, Bob's worked with so many people that know his style so well. So it was actually, I mean, I think it's amazing that so many were able to come in. They came in for different periods of time throughout the entire shoot and they the tone stays very consistent and that was my experience working with them so that was like that helped too in just bringing out Fran and like establishing the husband dynamic the mother dynamic um 
And those actors, again, were amazing. Yeah, we had done some films with Keith Polson, and so he was a he was a tone carrier for oh, sure. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. And you, Bob, tend to carry uh, a, a crew with you, right? Um, a crew or a cast or a well, I mean, you de- you definitely have cast carryover, but how about on the we had. Yeah, we had these four key positions who were actually all women, if you can believe that, um, on the crew that had worked with us on Infinity Baby. And we asked them all to work on this movie. And I I couldn't believe any of them said yes. They all said yes. Huh. And um, and then we put them in this small town in the middle of nowhere and they went insane and blamed <laughs> it on me mostly. Um, and they all hate me now, of course. <laughs> Rather uh, dramatic retail. I will ask them back again. I think it's like childbirth. You forget, and then and they'll all say yes and come back again. <laughs> they were lovely. Really great. Yeah. Well, we flew them all in with Kaylee, too. Or it was kind of funny because we brought them all in from Austin. And these four, Kaylee came in with three of the crew members. So these these four women descended on our job and, and changed drastically changed the energy of the movie. For the better. For the worse, much, much worse. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> well, so do you find the creation process, you know, you, you you describe it as childbirth, you know, you get a kid at the end and that's a joyous thing, but you go through a hell of pain. Like, is is that uh, what it's like for you to, to, to bring a film into the world? Yes. Yeah. And you, and you must forget that you're going to do more work than is worth it for the film. And if you can't forget, if you can't forget that, then you won't make another film uh, but you've managed to forget it yes yeah uh just like so then you have mother. a new hell like you <laughs> well you have to like raise the baby now right now you're on like the the publicity right. side of things right you're talking to yokels talking like us to you is fun i mean this is actually yeah. one of the fun like when you talk to people who are into the movie and who ask you like real questions that's fun when you when you talk to, <laughs> there's other people who don't like the movie or don't want to talk about the movie. Who, sure. You know, they're less fun to talk to. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have criticisms of the movie that you're being nice enough not to bring up. Which is fine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I used to like, really like want people to talk about what they didn't like about the movie. And I'm, I'm getting older and weaker and I, I don't really need to do that anymore. I, well, I, I'm not here to bring complaints. I think I would. De- I was definitely surprised at the length of the film, right? Like when you press play right. on a movie and it's an hour and 15 minutes, one, you're like, oh, wow, you do not see that often. But when you're watching the movie, like it it clips along clearly, but it also right. hits like the the expected narrative beats, you know, of a uh-huh. of a structure. Yeah, all my movies are that length. I've I've made a bunch of these movies and they all turn out that length and I, I still have to read reviews from people who think that I've <laughs> I've made a I've made it you know that I've made two thirds or three fourths of a movie. And um no, we, we do it on purpose. It's funny because Brad and I disagree about this a little bit. Like I, I think like the right length for a movie is 75, 79 minutes. And anything 79 minutes, 79 minutes, just shy of an hour and 20 minutes. (laughs) All right. Any minute past that is you really need to explain to me why am I spending time with this? And plenty of movies answer that question satisfactorily. I'm not saying it can't be answered, but I think if you have a narrative that fits right in that time length, you've you've made a movie. You've done your job. Right. You're our target market. 
Oh, all right then. There's only like one of you in the world. Yeah, I'm the only guy making that argument. Me and maybe like one other person for sure. But don't you think now with so many different ways of receiving a film that the concept of what a film is changing? So, you know, it's a a movie is not uh, 90 minutes to 120 minutes anymore. It, It like length is becoming less and less of a concern. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Mike Kelly, I don't know as as a millennial or I don't know what <laughs> Kaylee is. Um, what are you, Kaylee? What generation are you? Um, Fair enough, as a young person. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy's a millennial and I'm a Gen Xer. So oh, fuck off! I'm like the oldest millennial. <laughs> yeah. Um, where the hell was I? Uh, but like, okay, like well, back. Well, that was the thing. Like, we. Well, that's another reason we wanted to work with Kaylee is she doesn't come across as someone who's. Um, she doesn't suffer fools and she seems like she's going to get bored pretty easily. And I wanted to put that in. I wanted that to be part of what we were doing in the movie. It's built into, you know, Kaylee sort of building that into Fran where she's, she's, um, she's pretty impatient. Uh, and that's just, that's just part of the That's just part of the movie. And that, that stems from my own urge to, you know, try to make a film that's not going to be boring. Well, I'm- I'm fascinated by the collaboration of you two. Like, uh, you know, Kaylee, Bob's saying these things about the character and, and about your own personality and how it fits in with the character. Like, do you guys line up most of the time? Hmm. On, I think so. I think on Fran, I mean, I think we had <laughs> some disagreements on set about, but for the most part, I think we both had the same idea for like who Fran was and how she was supposed to come across. And I mean, we both talked about, you know, and I think this is Bob's style, obviously speaking for Bob right now, but the, you know, it shouldn't feel like she shouldn't feel like she's fake in any way or putting on in any way. And I don't think that any of, I feel like there's such a good naturalism to the characters and actors that he works with. Um, so I think that we were pretty much on the same page. I mean, we had a couple disagreements, Bob. We had a one skirmish. I remember Kaylee said, are you being serious right now? That that's like the, the angriest Kaylee can get <laughs> is to mutter, are you being serious right now? Um, but that still feels like a full blown tantrum. I think if you, if it's coming from Kaylee. Can you, you know? do you know what the, uh, do you feel comfortable oh, yeah. describing the skirmish? What exactly caused the, the divide? We were just, yeah. I mean, I'll Absolutely. go first. <laughs> okay. I'll, go, I'll go, wait, I want to go second. If you're in a hurry, then I'll correct your version. I mean. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah. Mine was when we were about to do a scene and I've been, they'd gotten me dressed, our lovely costumer, Olivia, had gotten me ready. And Bob, our sound man, was wearing a ginormous, puffy, bright orange, like traffic cone orange, fluffy jacket, like down coat. And Bob was like, put that on Kaylee for the scene. Like, that's what Fran's going to wear. And this indoor scene where I'm sitting down and I'm talking to the parole, like the parole officer, like... And being like talking about how parole has been going. And I was like, I am not going to wear that. It's indoors and I'm sitting down. And then it became, it was a hill that we both were dying on. It really felt like a betrayal, like that, that <laughs> refusal to, to wear that coat. Really? It was not. It, it, it was, did for a It was a Shakespearean uh, betrayal. You know, it was, it was, 
epic. Well, why was it important for you for that coat to be there? Again, I was in a fugue state, so it's hard to defend. <laughs> but um, I just had this idea for that scene that we were not we were not getting that scene, and I um, you'll notice that scene is has a flashback in it and mm. has covered with voiceover, and mm. there's a reason. It's because I didn't wear that coat. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Amazing. 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 Yes. So you both won. <laughs> sure. Yes. Look, that's very diplomatic. <laughs> yes. I, I just, I'm really fascinated by the dynamic between you two because you both cl- clearly have a very dry sense of humor. At least that's how I'm reading uh, the, the back and forth. The phone that's, call. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the phone call. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just an interesting space to work in. Like, I don't know, you know, we talk to a lot of filmmakers and and I'm sure that that you folks have worked with other people as well, obviously. And I just am always fascinated by like how creative people connect and the ways that they communicate with one another to to find the hills that they want to die on and resolve them, even if it is with narration and flashback. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we got we got lucky. Uh, Kaylee did a great job and. You don't. You can't really control. If you're going to hire a new. Like she'd never really done much film work, and um, being able to hold your attention for 74 minutes and and be funny in the movie. I mean, we we got lucky, and uh, I think I was mostly aware of that as we were making the film that we were that we were getting something. And uh, Kaylee didn't really have anything. Didn't have a point of reference really because she'd never done a feature film before. Uh, I guess it'll come down to uh, if we see you guys working together again. Yeah. (laughs) Jury's out. Jury's out. (laughs) Well, we kind of have a, we kind of have a bit where we don't know who tricked the other one into making the movie. Like, um, did I trick Kaylee or did she trick me? And that will probably be, you know, what goes into the next one also. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I want to make a movie about a drunk girl and uh, um, we might just remake Francis Ferguson and just have her be a drunk. Huh. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just, I was going to wait to ask my next question just to see where that sort of aside went. If uh, Killy was going to pick up that baton and run with it. <laughs> Which, the the working together. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, we're playing a drunk oh, girl. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's just uh, I'm just I, <laughs> I'm, this, this creative process fascinating to me. Good. I'm I'm glad. Um, yeah. No. I think it was. I think that it was a funny creation process, and it felt fairly organic. And yeah, I like I like the tone of Bob's movies. I like the actors that he works with are amazing. So I think it, it sprung pretty organically. And seeing that New York Post article, I mean, I wasn't hmm. quite sure once Bob was like, she's a sex offender. <laughs> that's where we're going here. And I was like, Oh, interesting. (laughs) But, um, well, how did I, I I don't remember how it was brought to you. I mean, do you remember how the project was brought to you? I'm super curious about the pitch, the short, the short, no, the, the feature. Oh yes. We were workshopping the short and then you sent me a New York post article and you were like, this is Fran. (laughs) Like this is her now. And I was like, Oh really? (laughs) And you were like, yeah. I think I was like trying to maybe see if it was just like a flash in the pan or if you were very serious about it, but you you, you clearly were very serious. So you felt like, Oh, he, I hope he's kidding or. Yeah. um, Oh yeah. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. We're just uh, finding that out today with film uh-oh. exclusive. Yikes. Look, you guys, this is how group therapy, I mean, this is how interviews work. So this is going very well. I feel like we're getting to a lot of truths here. I agree. Well, we use the word organic a lot because it really did, like, it did feel almost inevitable that, I don't know, there's no part of me that's like, oh, wouldn't it be cute or fun to make a movie about one of these teachers? It was, it was a much more kind of obvious organic thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's the movie we're going to make. Um, of course, of course, we're going to make that movie. I don't think it comes off that way necessarily when you hear what it's about. I think it's, 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 there's a built in seeming attempt to shock. Yeah. How do you think, how do you think that people like, are are you interested in all in how people receive the movie or, or how they're going to interact with it? Sure. What do you think their take's going to be? <laughs> what do you hope their take is that this is a fun comedy? I, I, yeah. I want them to think it's funny. And, and if they, have other takeaways. There's a, like a built-in moral to the story that if they get, that's great. And if they don't, that's fine also. Hmm. All right. Um, well, I think we're coming up to the end of our time. Um, Sweet. And we, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, no, but we, uh, you know, we, we get a chance to speak to a lot of filmmakers and uh, we know that making projects and, and bringing films into the world is a very difficult process. And it's easy to feel quite lowly when that's not working out. So we like to always end on a positive note. And, uh, the question that we ask everybody that comes by is, you know, and, and I'll address this to both of you. Is there a single moment that you look back in, uh, in your career, uh, or Kaylee with, with your experience with this project uh, that makes you uh, feel appreciative for the chance for the career that you have, or will maybe you use to boo you in low times in the future? That's a good question. I am Kaylee. (laughs) Tricky, Bob. Um, I mean, I think the whole the whole experience on the film was I learned so much, and I mean, it's obviously a really unique experience to be so um, collaborative with during the entire process for an actor. You're not really answering the question. I mean, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm if, sure. Do you want to give me a couple more seconds? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds like you want it to be. Thank you so much. Do you want me to say that it was when you made me wear the orange jacket? Well, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, without question, that Full could circle. be like the only thing you remember about the movie, really. It's like, I'm going to use that to boon me in the future. In your, in your um, uh, career as a lawyer, as you journey to law school to do something entirely different. You guys, you guys, absolutely. I will remember that until my dying day, I assure you. Awesome. No, I mean, um, Yes, I think that being able to work so much on Fran and feel like invested in Fran was um, creatively fulfilling. And I I think I will look back on that and have a very positive view of it. Yeah. Bob? I don't know. Like there, I've had uh, different work moments that were relevant to me. Um, Like we made this film called somebody up there likes me and Nick Offerman was producing and he drove from Los Angeles to Austin in his truck. And, um, the moment I was outside in front of my house and I, when he pulled into my driveway to come like work on the film for a month and I'll never forget that, like a feeling of support from him was, and then he did that for the whole month where he was just like tireless, um, and it was an amazing experience that I, you know, that I also took for granted in a weird way. Um, it's both like it, 
it sort of seems normal while it's happening, but then you look back on it and you're like, you know, this, this guy was tirelessly supporting the film. Um, and then he did a lot of promotion for that film uh, that was in some ways similar to him driving his truck from LA to, to Austin. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly you guys have a, a, a strong relationship, a working relationship at least. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's getting too famous though. So he's, <laughs> he's getting too famous for me to work with me anymore. Well, uh, Kaylee, Bob, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. We really appreciate it. Is there a, a place that we can point our listeners to, uh, social feeds, anything like that? Well, we're on Instagram, but we're uh, we're not really killing it on Instagram anymore. We were for a while. Um, Kaylee, should they just follow you on Instagram? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> on Instagram, it's Francis Ferguson Film, and I think that's our main our main outlet at this point. Got it. And yeah. We have a dozen. We're doing our Kaylee best. Every three <laughs> weeks. Um, anyway, yeah, great to talk to you guys. And we hope the film is going to be out later this year. Uh, we'll be clearer on those, those details, but, but those are, those are still clarifying. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank have you. a wonderful day. And yeah, man, thanks for it, having us. Thank you. It's been a treat to chat with you. Yeah, this was great. Thanks guys. And there you have it, dorks. Whoa, what a wild and fascinating conversation that was. Yes, I agree with that. I wish we were in the room together. I wish we were all in one space because sometimes you're trying to figure out like, oh, is that sarcasm? Is that a wry wit of humor? Is he mad at me? (laughs) Are are Bob and Kaylee okay? (laughs) Like it's, it's, it, it was, it was a wild ride on this end. I I really was like trying to keep up with what was being said and wanting to, because they would drop some bombs, some real jewels, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, I got to make, make sure to come back to that stuff. Because mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. was being said in this conversation. A lot was being said. A lot. I don't, you know, it's, um, it's always an interesting thing to have the conversations with the filmmakers. I find that some are much more forthcoming than others. And I, with, with both of their clearly dry senses of humor, uh, which I, matches the film that we got too, film. right? And, and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a problem on their end. I, as an interviewer, find that challenging to keep up with in that environment because I want to <laughs> laugh and joke and be sarcastic too. Um, but I also don't want to misread that in the moment and screw up an entire conversation. And I like that makes me feel an enormous right. Amount of and you know, how much time should we give to any one topic, right? right yeah. And. You know, when Bob and Kaylee are talking about the four women who came in and, uh, you know, changed the dynamic of the set, you're like, oh, should we stop right now and have uh, an entire interview about these four women? And and maybe the answer is yes, we should have. I, I mean, don't know. after the fact, I I wish that we had spoken more. More about to that. I think sure. you're on the same page yeah. with that because I like I am fascinated by the way cast and crew change a production. And the thing about um, uh, this movie is that it started off as such a personal interaction between the two of them, finding the character and then creating this world. Yeah, workshopping the it, creating a short film around the character Francis Ferguson, and then going. Right. Well, she's actually one of the teachers who slept with her students, Kaylee. Right. right. But and how- Kaylee goes, oh, what? <laughs> All right. Let's make this work. 
But I mean, like, even something as simple as, like, I, what does it mean that they changed the energy of, energy of the projection? I'm, you mean the I'm four like, women? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious about stuff like that. And, I, and I'm curious about their dynamic as they work on set, because this is, um, I don't know, making comedies are hard, and making dry comedies are, are, are really hard, and I'm just, I'm, that creative process is interesting to me. And it's hard to interact with the person who makes that movie sometimes when, like, that's just a core part of their identity and the way that they approach the world, it seems like, in general. Yeah, but I do love how both Bob and Kaylee, their humor uh, in this conversation seems to be um, aligned perfectly with the art that they ended up producing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if you find this conversation off-putting, you're going to have a hard time with the movie. Um, and I think if you found the conversation enjoyable and you dug their dry barbs at each other... Uh, you're going to get a lot out of the movie. Like in that way, I think that they deliver true to premise. So they're still working on a release strategy for Francis Ferguson. It's playing the festival circuit. It played our local Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia. They had a great crowd for it. Um, strong opinions coming out of that screening as well. Sure. And, um, you know, I, I, I would love to hear from the dorks out there what they think of this film when they finally get it. I would recommend seeing it. I want to chat with you about it. I want to watch the film again. I want to, like, work my own feelings uh, of, of, of this narrative in my head um, because it is a challenge, but it's also, like, I mean, for me, and we, we talked a little bit about it in, in, in the interview, my challenge is matching the, the subject matter to the tone that is being established. And I love all the stuff with Nick Offerman as the narrator. Sure. It's so, I mean, it's so wonderfully Nick Offerman, right, yeah, but it's I mean, also so wonderfully Bob Byington. I agree with you that know? too. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and so it is a film that I am curious to see uh, how it evolves with me the more times I watch it. Well, you know, sometimes I think the, 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 the you know, the behind the scenes for this is that I watch this movie today on my own at, at home. Yeah, right? same. Lisa and, and I watched it together. Right. And so you kind of then uh, on your own have to work through, and that's so subjective to your mood and everything that's going on in your brain. Like, how do I really feel about this movie? I think I can absolutely see why Andy picked this for a film club screening because this I mean, is, this is right up Andy's This aisle. is the movie that you want to see with a crowd of people that you know and then go outside into the lobby and have a really engaging conversation about what is the movie talking about and what worked for you and what didn't work for you and why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the moment you got here in the door cave, we went right into it. And we had a long conversation yeah. about Francis Ferguson before yeah. we ever spoke to Bob yeah. and Kaylee. Uh, and, and so, like, it's exciting to experience a film like that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. So... Seek out Francis Ferguson. Go find their Instagram. I hear they once were killing it, and they will kill it again. <laughs> I need to go check out their Instagram now. What does that mean? To be honest, I'm not even sure. I, I assume because at the end, Kelly gives the Instagram handle. That's a real Instagram page. Yeah. I could also see a scenario where there is no Instagram No, I page. think there's an Instagram page. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to look it up after we finish this outro. Uh, Billy, 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 what do we've got coming up next week? Uh, so next week, we've got an interview with Clay McLeod Chapman about his new novel called The Remaking. Uh, I am working through it right now. I'm definitely excited to talk with Clay. He's a really cool dude that we met at the Chattanooga Film Festival. We love Clay. Yeah. I'm excited to see how this book is received. It's being published by Quirk Books. Uh, it's re- available to order on Amazon right now. Clay also has been, t- you know, 
to use that phrase, killing it. He's yeah. been killing it over at Marvel Comics. He's been writing backups for the Absolute Carnage books. He just did a a, a single issue, uh, Separation Anxiety, mm-hmm. as part of the Absolute Carnage, and he is writing the Scream solo book for Marvel as well. And like, you know, like, well, now he's my new best friend. Uh, and he deserves the success that's coming this for way. Sure, like, for he's, sure. He's phenomenal storyteller. And you should check out his uh, podcast, The Pumpkin Pie Show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, Billy, where can our listeners find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at WBDAS. Uh, and you can also find me at Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures, which is a podcast I co-host with my 10-year-old daughter as we work to expand her cinematic horizons. Where can people find you, Brad? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. Please head on over to the ItModcast uh uh, what, what do we call it? the main show? The main show, the Weekend Dork Channel. Uh, listen to those episodes as well. We don't promote the main channel enough on the chat cast. And, uh, you know, we just finished a review of The Kitchen, um, which went off the rails a little bit. And we are doing, uh, I don't know what a review is that should be up right now as you're listening to this. It's got to be. It it's too, post. No? Oh, yeah, it's it Chapter 2 that comes out on September I mean, 6th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Canada. So we haven't even watched that movie, but I bet you our review cast of that is exceptional. Uh, follow our other dorks, uh, Darren Smith at the Disco Dork, Brian Young at the Turtle Dork, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren, and you should also listen to Lisa and I. We have our another podcast as well called the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. If you like comic books. Speaking of people who have been killing it. You guys oh. have been killing it with your uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane coverage. Yeah, it was a really great series, and we have uh, uh, we are now, uh, let me think, if It Chapter 2 is out in theaters, that means we're at the midway point of our conversation surrounding sex criminals for Matt Fraction and yeah, Chip Zidarski. Yeah, sex criminals! And, uh, yeah, uh, those are, uh, I'm sure, wild episodes. Can I just point out the uh, small irony? Not irony? The coincidence? It's oh, yeah, irony. we're talking sex criminals yeah. on the Francis Ferguson episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. It's, There's a pairing. It is, it is, it is. Uh, and <laughs> you can follow, we've done that already. That's yeah. everybody, right? We're done. We're done. This is the, the end. outro is complete. We've reached the end of our time. All well right. done, Brad. All right. Well done, Billy. Yay. Uh, until next time, take care. Bye. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams 